Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone, Taylor here. You know at our podcast, we were wanting to center the perspectives of people who look like us and women as well as marginalized people who have been historically pushed to the sideline of conversations. So if you haven't already, we welcome you to engage through our Instagram or Facebook page by leaving a comment or simply support us by subscribe our podcast from Acast, Apple, Spotify and Google. It will make a huge difference to increase our visibility and centering the conversations we have from our pod. Enjoy today's episode. Hey y'all, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And we're Asian bitches down under. And now, right now, I am wearing the infamous beanie that Helen too um, has always worn. <laughs> the um, yellow beanie from, from Daiso. Daiso. <laughs> yeah. I went shopping this morning because Fridays are my day of like doing annoying administrative stuff. And Helen's day Running is errands. spent doing very meaningful stuff with her dog. Yeah, I had to go to the call on Friday on with Jake, our mm. therapy dog. Yeah, yep. because he's a cold companion. What's it called? Sorry, I keep forgetting. He's a comp- he is a uh, cold companion canine program therapy dog. So that's oh my God, why that is long. That is I know long that's name. such a long long name. I always just say that he's a therapy dog for the court. Yeah, yeah. I mean we yeah, don't go enough. into the we don't go also, into the courts, but we just who calls yeah. dogs who calls dogs canines? Is this the that proper name for really... dogs? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of therapy, I saw, I went to see mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to do every single year is to yep. go see the World Press Contest exhibit. And this year I went to see, um, it's always at the State Library. It's always super compelling. I always am left in mm-hmm. tears. And what's this one before one the, what's this show. one? Yeah. I will tell you about, I'll, yeah, I will tell you about the one that made me cry. But before I do that, I'll let you know why I mentioned it. It's because um, you were talking about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dog therapists, right? Like animals used as therapy. And there was one picture that made it into the exhibit of like a, a young mother who's dying of cancer. Oh, my God. Or some sort of degenerative disease. Uh-huh. And her son is holding her in the bed. And like half of the whole picture has the head of a horse uh-huh. because in this country i actually forgot where which country it was i think it was maybe russia um they use horses as therapy animals as, yeah 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 yeah, yeah i've yeah. heard about that yeah and i have never i never knew yeah. that horses are quite spiritual animals i've heard mm. that people mm. have horses as pets like i never really recognized horses as pets i always thought that they're right. like race race horse which is you know the sport that i really hate and there's other meanings for purpose for the horse in the farm, but I never consider horse yeah. as a pet because it's such a big yeah. animal. Yeah. You think yeah, of a yeah, pet, yeah. you have it inside <laughs> your house. Mm. But yeah, I've heard horses been treated as a pet and they're quite spiritual and they know the moods of humans and they know how to recognize yeah. certain anxieties around them as well. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 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 I love... I love the whole room changes um, when an animal is in Absolutely. front of you, yeah, doesn't that's it? Very yeah, true. it really does. Yeah. I know that there are, on my street in Redfern, there are heaps of like cats that just kind of roam the street. Uh-huh. And often, because I leave my door open, the gate anyway, um, there's a cat, the black and white cat. It's like so adorable. And it often just comes in and out mm-hmm. and like sits on my lap while I write. Do you feed the cat? Just, 
Um, I give it. Sometimes I give it like scraps and milk, <laughs> but apparently I um they're not supposed to have milk. I don't know. Any cat lovers out there should. I guess I could just Google it, but it really likes milk. <laughs> um, but going back to the World Contest exhibit, uh, the one that really made me cry, uh, often I'm like we've done, Helen and I have done a whole pod on this and my conflict around, you know, glorifying violence and, you know, the way in which a lot of these photojournalists, the ethics of what it means to go into a combat war zone where mm-hmm. there's atrocious crimes being committed and kind of um, relaying that in the world sphere, at least in the first world, you know, we mm-hmm. see these images and how we, how do we reconcile that with the really um, beautiful way in which these events are shot. Um, and uh, surprisingly this year, they, I saw a really big drop in the number of like graphic violent images, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think is good. Mm-hmm. I think that can only be a good thing. Um, so I think I only saw one which was um, a, a, a picture of a guy who was um, kind of he's had he had his back kind of slightly burnt okay. with shrapnel um, from the Beirut explosions that happened last year. Oh yeah, Lebanon. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but the one that made me cry was an image of um, this is uh, of a. It's a wide landscape image shot of a young daughter. She's 10 years old, flying a, uh, it's not a kite, flying a sort of plane, a paper plane or a plastic plane Mm -hmm. in the air with her father, who's just innocently standing next to her. And it's just of them standing in a plane field across kind of barren landscapes outside of Moscow in Russia. And they're both staring up at the plane. Mm -hmm. And this, this young girl who's 10, she has autism, and the sort of premise of the story is that in Russia, um, men, a lot of illnesses uh, are not do, do not acknowledge have the yeah are not acknowledged mm-hmm. don't have the treatment or yeah. the support available that we do here in Australia, America, the UK, etc. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's just something so beautiful and innocent about this image of these two people looking up at the plane that made me very 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 um, emotional. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Do you think it's just the simpleness about it or is it the innocence of the child that made I think you it's, emotional? Um, I think what made me emotional was um, it was such a beautiful and simple picture of true love. Mm-hmm. And what I see as true love is simply two people looking at something and admiring it. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not necessarily looking at each other, mm-hmm. but it's like two people who are... Um, who who share some sort of space together and they're looking at something mm-hmm. not looking at each other but looking at something else in the distance like in my head like I'm not married but I often think that a good marriage is one where you and your partner can appreciate and see the beauty in a lot of things in the world mm-hmm. um and like that you share space between your uh-huh. yourselves to admire something outside of both of you mm-hmm. that's what I love about this picture uh-huh it made me think about something that I just heard this morning on the Chinese mm. podcast, uh, a discussion between two psychologists. They were talking about what really defines love. Um, one yeah. of the psychologists that he's doing research into relationships between um, love and love on different levels, he said that um, it was one lecture that he went to, one of the professors share his definition of love is that when two people or multiple people, sometimes not two, mm. we're, we're talking about 
poly- polygamous relationship. Anyway, if we just talk about more like a heteronormative type of relationship, usually it will be when two people they share a similar or almost the same emotion at the same time at the same space, as in、mm, they can get、wow. each other. Not necessarily、yeah. have to express it to each other, but they can sense that type of emotion. For example, if、mm. you're sad at the same time, that your partner、mm. will feel sad as well. Yeah, that's the common emotion that you have with each other, that is defined as love between you two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, really having like being able to listen. Isn't it? Which is basically like being able to hold space for the other person. Exactly. And、yeah. and without judgment, without、mm-hmm. judgment, which is really what Helen, you've taught me. Uh huh. Um. Why why you love your your dog so much is because <laughs> they lack judgment. They absolutely lack judgment.、Yeah. You know. Yeah, they don't have judgment of you know individuals, but I do think they、mm. can sense good and bad. I mean, they still、oh, have、okay. to protect themselves when they sense danger、yeah. amongst、mm. other dogs or other people. There's、mm. just I think I guess it's just like a basic instinct for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, the next thing I wanted to say was um、uh, I've got a few catch ups this week.、Uh, I went so yesterday in Sydney it was the coldest day recorded <laughs>、yes. in twenty five years. Oh my god! It was nine degrees Celsius, which like for those people who are using Fahrenheit in their countries, I don't know what that is, but it's pretty cold. Nine、mm-hmm. degrees Celsius is pretty cold. It's like a typical.、Um, Day in New York, I'd say in like the winter months,、yeah. maybe 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 like not the heart of winter. Well, most Australians will be cold. That yeah. yeah. Well, for me, anything under twenty is freezing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And so anyway, I um my house is a terrace house. It's like an old terrace brick house in、um, in the west of Sydney, and it's freezing. And like I was inadequately cozy. Like、uh, I had a foot heater with me that was just kind of not doing justice. So I was like, "Fuck this!" I feel like, and I don't like being in the house all day. So I felt like a slob. So I went and I drove to Kuji, hoping to swim at the、um, women's、uh, bath. Swim at the women's bath.、Uh-huh. Yes, but it was closed when it got when I got there.、It's、so I was like,、oh, "Cold." Yeah, I was like, I better just like go home. But then I remembered there's a Wiley pools、mm-hmm. nearby, yeah, which is、uh, not for women only, but for men and women、uh-huh. and anyone who's beyond those, outside of those boundaries of gender.、Um, and so I went. I decided to go. I used my voucher. Like when I got there, there was this like hot surfer dude giving me a weird look. Like, why are you here? <laughs>、um, obviously, yeah, because it was nine degrees and it was rainy. It was、mm-hmm. still raining. I went at around mid- midday. And、um, I use my voucher like、uh, a five pass for twenty five dollars. Oh, that's nice.、Uh, don't yeah, I don't see myself going back anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> But、uh, yeah, the, the only other people there were three retired age old white men.、Uh-huh. Sorry, I shouldn't say old. Just retired age men,、um, in their speedos、mm-hmm. and yellow caps. Uh huh.、Um, But、uh, they- yeah, it was actually quite. Yeah, it, the water was eighteen point five degrees Celsius, so it was warmer than the air temperature.、Uh-huh. So when I dove in, it was actually quite nice. But I was hoping to swim for about half an hour, but I lasted for about fifteen minutes before it just got too cold. Yeah, it's freezing cold. Like I had to order extra firewood last night. You、Did、were you? asking me、yeah. how long, like a cubic、yes. meter,、um, of firewood will last our place. I told you it's around. Uh, four weeks, a month. yeah, a month, yeah. And then this batch that I ordered a couple of weeks ago only lasted three weeks because I've been home、yeah. for so long. Yes, and yes. The weather just not really. It's so it's so、yeah. unfriendly. You really need. 
<laughs> you really need um, to get the heat, uh, the fireplace pumping at all hours of the day. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, you the, live. The, the house just cools down very, very rapidly. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, man. <laughs> um, I mean, we've all been in here in Australia. It's going down like we're, we're emerging now towards winter. People are staying indoors. But um, this couple in Victoria, and currently, if you don't know, Victoria is in lockdown because they have had a new growth spurt of COVID cases. Yeah. But last week, a couple decided to go on a road trip from Melbourne to Queensland, mm-hmm. and they stopped over in rural New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the township of Moree, which has about 7,000 people, have been um, in lockdown because these people just decided to like stay for two nights and like visit almost uh, apparently like they they visited a lot of stores they dropped over stopped over for lunch and breakfast and all that and i just like was listening to this story on abc radio yesterday yeah. and thinking oh my god like how sh- how bad would you feel if you were that couple i feel i feel like the the couple i would feel like mortified at myself also i would never do such a thing but that's a very selfish behavior yeah i do wonder what the what were their intention because there are sources coming out saying that they need to be um the the man of the couple don't know if it's his husband yeah. or the partner anyway the male partner was going to be relate relocated for his work that's why they traveled but they traveled they departed victoria at the very critical time so we don't know well at least i don't know whether or not they departed victoria at the time of lockdown or just before lockdown and people are saying that they probably already have symptoms when they left victoria which just means that they shouldn't uh, leave at all yeah i know yeah (sighs) it's terrible yeah I don't understand how anyone could be like immediately. I thought this must be like a privileged couple, um, hetero. hetero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, all the usual um, criteria, which we don't need to get into details. But you know who I'm talking about, guys. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into our first discussion for this week. Today, um, I want to talk about the um, ABC did a. Australian Talk Survey, they have mm. some articles come out since last week and I've looked up at one article that's written by Annabelle Crabb, who we all love. Um, oh, yeah. She listed some of the elements that in the survey that have divided Australian men and women. Okay. She actually listed, I think, 10 subjects in her article, but I'm just going to pick... A couple ones that both of us are quite interested. I think it's quite debatable and controversial for the current society to um, bring up this kind of discussion. Yeah, before Helen, you launch mm-hmm. into it. Do you know how many people were surveyed? Uh, sixty thousand, this... and I do believe okay, so sixty thousand Australians. I do okay. believe it's not very intersectional. The people they surveyed, mm. I assume, will be mostly white people again because yeah. I don't see. And I have of, to say. Mm-hmm. That might be also because um the poll the survey was mm. conducted through the ABC channels exactly. and and most people who consume ABC are I would say the majority are white. Yeah, there will be very I wouldn't say singular, middle class. I wouldn't say singular background, but I would say you know very it's very little diverse. I, I do feel yeah. like yeah, middle mm-hmm. class. You know they have college educated, mm-hmm. yeah, bureaucratic <laughs> people who like. Uh, Average income, you know, two kids at home, average income, combined income of 150 grand a year, um, mortgaged house, 
have a yeah. dog. You know, <laughs> the, you know the, the, the usual about, certain socio-economic group. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I want to start by the first one that she brought up was personal safety. On the article, she said that when walking at night around neighborhood in which they live, four out of five men, which is 81%, feel physically safe, whereas 49% of women do not feel the same. Mm. Yeah, forty. Sorry, forty nine percent of women agrees that they feel safe at night. So it's a very yeah. huge gap. Whereas yeah, totally. Twelve percent um, of men disagree, saying that they don't feel safe at night when they're walking around their neighborhood, compared to forty one percent of women. Of course, we're gonna take in in consideration of what suburb you live in as well, because totally, it does totally. differ your atmosphere, how you feel about your yeah. surrounding. Yeah. Can I also say I've never met a man, gay or straight, mm-hmm. or anything in between, um, or beyond, who has told me that they feel unsafe walking at night. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I've never even like my gay male friends. Okay. They have they one of my best male gay friends. He walks out at night, like midnight, for a walk, and he has his headphones on. Uh-huh. He doesn't feel unsafe at all. Is that because the area that he lives in? Do you think? Did you have? You I don't ask? know. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think his area is quite safe. It's the inner west of Sydney. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, do you feel safe where you are to walk at night? I don't really walk at night around my area. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. Like I, I try to walk before the sun sets with yeah. my dogs yeah. as well. Regardless yeah. I think regardless of suburbs, I I don't know whether or not it's a it's an element of safety, but I do feel like it's something very deeply rooted, you know, how our parents raised us. Of course. Saying that yeah. don't go out after night or at least yeah, have I, someone with you. Yeah. yeah. I don't ever deliberately go out walking at night. But I end up being walking t- through my streets at night because I go out and then I come home. Mm-hmm. And I live in the safer part of, not, I shouldn't say this, <laughs> but like I live around Redfern mm-hmm. um, and I live in a safe part of Redfern. Like yeah. I, I don't ever feel unsafe where I, where I am, mm-hmm. honestly, um, which is like such a privilege. But um, I often, like whenever I see someone, uh, a guy walking a dog, I immediately feel safer. Yeah. Um, and also, if a guy is with a woman, like anytime, no matter how weird looking the guy is, if he's <laughs> with a woman, I immediately just feel like my defenses are down. Okay. I just don't, don't need to be afraid. Uh-huh. Why is that, do you think? Because women are not rapists and killers. Yeah, but they can still be like a comfortless, you know, you know yeah, towards true. the crime. They- yeah. Yeah, I just don't believe that. I think it, it yeah. comes down to our suspicion of other people as well. Remember last week we were talking about a certain mode of thinking for both of us yeah. that we are more, yeah. we tend to be more worried and anxious of what would happen because that's how we were brought up with by our parents of being, yeah, of course, watch out for danger all the time. <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, Helen and I had this discussion because um, I had an incident in my personal life where I thought of the worst case scenarios, and I just started listing them. And um, someone very dear to me in my life, <laughs> he was like saying, "No, you're overreacting," yeah. and he was very calm. And then I said this to Helen, and Helen said, "Yeah, she has the same response every time something uh, minor goes happens. We always think of worst, the worst case yeah, scenarios because I know. because our father did that. <laughs> our father always it's listed so the worst possible yeah. case. Yeah, because um, I think it's his way of keeping us safe mm, to be honest yeah, yeah like he always says prepare for the worst prepare for the worst i know 
But that's so hard as well. It just feels like you can't live the yeah the exactly. Maximum, you, can't. you can't maximize your joy of life. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's a healthy way of living. Yeah. Okay. So the second subject that she had it on her uh, article was about feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question for in the survey is that I consider myself to be a feminist. Sixty nine percent of women agree, whereas only thirty four percent of men <gasps> agrees that they consider themselves to be a feminist. Are you serious? I found that's this so, so funny. Well, can I just say mm-hmm. why that's so shocking? It's because like most people who watch the respond to that survey are probably over fifty five, mm-hmm. and the men from um men from that generation, boomers basically. <laughs> um, they had this idea of feminism and feminists being like bra burning, raging, ugly. Men hating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's why the number is so low. But uh-huh. I'd say, like, if you, if you, I'd say if you uh, um, surveyed men under 35 um, in the inner West. Oh, <laughs> okay. How, how, what's the percentage? What's the percentage would you think? If it's that age age bracket and also that area oh i'd say like 80 90 okay. would say yeah uh, almost 100 percent would say that in the nos i would say 100 percent. but um that just i'm laughing only because like i must sound like to the listeners <laughs> i must sound like such an insular bubbled person because that's all i know uh-huh. like i only know the Australia, sydney's inner west uh-huh. but outside of it yeah i'm not sure okay i'm also interested to find out whether or not that men tells their group of male friends that they're feminist or not oh, i don't think they do yeah you know because everyone yeah. have very Good different question. definitions about feminist or feminism yeah. and you worry whether or not that you expose yourself whether or not that it's a safe space for you to talk about it it's such a worry that you can't like even men that would self-recognize as a feminist but they still worry whether or not yeah. that if they talk to their friends you know the like, past few years that we have so much um, political disagreements with our own social groups mm-hmm. and you never know what will come up next with your yeah. own social group and your friends yeah yeah it's just so bizarre um anyway next one um is mm-hmm. dating young people uh she says that 37 percent of women would not would not at all open to such arrangement um but on the opposite uh, spectrum, only 14% of men said they were absolutely not considerate. Well, I don't understand the criteria of this Okay, um, it says that when asked people? about extent of to which they were prepared to consider a romantic relationship with someone significantly younger, but they didn't really say how much younger, um, the responses from men and women actually vary quite differently okay yeah. well that's just a stupid question i know it's just a stu- very a very stereotypical kind of stupid question? question i don't understand the terms of that question and i don't see how it's relevant in like um in like the wider way of how australians uh, are meant to see themselves well i guess that Scrap that question I, I guess that when you um when, whether or not that you're still very conservative type of relationship that, you know, oh, right. whereas men needs to be older or woman needs to yeah. be younger, which is what the traditional type of relationship that we've seen, you know, for past decades. But gradually yeah. in the in the more recent time, the couples, they don't really care about the age anymore, which means that, you know, Younger people are mature faster, I guess. Yeah. In the sense yeah, that yeah. you don't really need to care about the age. 
Okay, the next, next one, one. I'm more interested in the next one now. Okay, the next one is about discrimination. And uh, they asked the respondents um, a range of questions about different types of discrimination. Um, women were more likely than men to report most kinds of discrimination from rage, uh, sorry, from age to race to disability. Mm-hmm. It says that a significant majority of women, 89%, said discrimin- discrimination was a problem whereas um only 47 oh, sorry whereas only 25% of men agreed that discrimination was very much a problem for Australia i think it's <laughs> very obvious Jesus. because most males they don't see anything that yeah. is wrong for them as in they just get because they don't used to much yeah, marginalization exactly they don't experience well, marginalization well, because the world is built around them That's and right. their needs <laughs> We all know that, baby. We all know that. Um, I'm going to pick something else apart from that. Um, yeah, um, for all those people listening outside of Australia, um, this kind of, these kind of surveys, they're always kind of flawed, aren't they? Especially they are. when it's being funded by a particular news corporation. Um, they have no metric, like the people who designing these um, and analysing these data, they have no way of locating or ex- explicitly mandating different types of uh, people. So therefore, mm-hmm. the, 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 what you end up with, the results are inherently slightly flawed. Mm-hmm. Because like we said, Helen and I said at the beginning of this podcast, most of the people who answered the sixty thousand Australians um, will be just a particular like subgroup of the population. Demographic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a very narrow demographic. Uh, a lot of people, I, I like, a, I think a lot of rural people listen and probably respond. Mm-hmm. Um, people outside of me- metropolitan major cities would respond because the ABC they have a lot of like um, they they cover rural and regional Australia very well. They have a lot of like a. Um, State, they have a lot of bureaus based in like Townsville and um, uh, small towns, Maury, Tar- Tamworth, etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Um, so a lot of their readers would be from like uh, I guess more conservative outback uh, regions. And Helen and I, we read and we consume media and we engage with media that is very much based in like the inner city um, folks. Yeah, we're more towards like left linear, but at the same time yeah. we see a lot of sort of articles that's like Murdoch type as well that we heavily criticise. Um, yeah. I want to uh, jump into the last uh, subject that she had on her article, the question yeah. about has equality already arrived? Surprisingly, that 14% of women agree with that. I don't know where that 14% of women come from. Honestly, if you think there's already equality in our society, you haven't experienced enough. You haven't experienced enough or you're pretty much lived your life through the benefactor <laughs> of the society. Yeah, 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 yeah. I currently I'm reading. This is related. I'm reading Breeley's excellent new book, um, "Who Gets to Be Smart," and she writes really well about like she, she kind of draws in different facets of the ways in which in our society, um, there is no such thing as like meritocracy. It's really like if you if you are if your parents are of a certain class and pedigree mm-hmm. that all mean that you are set up for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, like class is such a real thing. And she talks about it really well in the book. 
she talks about um, a hierarchy, which is like the system of like um, only the wealthy and elite perpetuate wealthy and elite um, pedigree and offspring and it kind of just keeps going on through schools through systems yeah through, like, absolutely the way in which the government funds mm-hmm. private schools yeah. things like that yeah. a lot of things are invisible but um she's so she's such a I, I see her as like she's like a i think technically she's like a advocate mm-hmm. uh, i don't know what she calls herself author obviously but in my head she's just a really good journalist because she's able to like collate a lot of really interesting data into like very digestible paragraphs Mm -hmm. i think that's what a good journalist does so in my head i think she's a really great journalist Mm -hmm. i think it is really important that we see that how often west uh western countries criticize how the caste system for example in india um, there's systems of class in a lot of Asian countries, but it is very mm, visible mm. in Western countries as well. You mm, see the diversity mm. of socioeconomic differences. Um, Absolutely, let's just not say even the race. Not not even I'm not going to even put yeah. the race in. You know, you just see um, mm. the differences between rural and metropolitan, and the differences between how you go to your experience of public school system and private school system makes a huge differences absolutely absolutely yeah. yeah anything else that annabelle crab talks about um, in this article no in that, that's probably that's probably about it so they're gonna have like a broadcasting about on this survey mm. i think it's on the 21st of june on the australia talks oh, on the, yeah okay Interesting. Yeah, so that's a Monday, I believe. Monday, mm-hmm. two Mondays from now. And uh, is that is that like a Q and A kind of thing? I think it will be like a um, reporting about how this survey reflects on the Australian overall. But which, like, I don't really think it's reflecting it as a, you know overall, but it's just partially. But it's interesting to see how this kind of discussion comes out. Um, one of the um, discussion that I found quite interesting, um, mm. which is written in another article by Christina Zhao, um, it was published 25th of May this year, the titled mm. Australia Talks National Survey Reviews What Australians Think About Marriage and Children. Oh, I, yes. I preferred this article because it actually asked a woman of colour rather than just white woman. I mean, they, they, I'm sure that they interviewed white women as well. But they yeah. had um, case studies of an Asian woman and a Muslim woman of Pakistani Indian background about uh-huh. their choices of having kids and marriage. It seems like the younger people are choosing, are making the decision of not getting married and not having kids um, nowadays because of all sorts of economic pressure and you know just the lifestyle choice Mm. as well we spoke about a couple of weeks ago in taiwan how a lot of young people choose not to have kids but uh, in asian culture it's really hard because i think it's still very rooted in our culture that you are supposed to have children to continue your lineage Whereas yeah. people with higher education, I think... Oh, no, I shouldn't be comparing with people with higher con- education. I think it's just a thing that I, I think we never really experienced or known anyone when we were growing up that... Who didn't have They become children. old and who didn't have children, yeah. yeah. So every, you don't every, know how... That... Exactly. I think, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I was talking about motherhood and um, parenting with my um, a very dear person to me a few days ago who she's the mother of three kids and um, she she said to me um, when they decided they were kind of she and her husband were trying to decide whether or not to have a third baby mm-hmm. and then she heard this inspirational speaker say in this talk um, she said do the hard thing like she said in life always do the hard thing and so she thought okay well the hard thing would be to have a third child so I'm going to do the hard thing really then, oh my goodness yeah and then yesterday I was swimming in the ocean and I was thinking for me personally what would be the hard thing like would the hard thing be to reject biologically and socially what every single person before me has said is natural mm-hmm. and like give in and have a baby or or, or Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Would the hard thing for me be to defy all those people and history and biology and, like, live a life where I'm childless? Or would the hard thing be Mm -hmm. for me to actually give in and actually be a mother? Because for me, I think um, motherhood, for me, if I – it would be a sort of defeat of my – because I feel like I've defied being a mother my whole life. And my whole shtick has been like, I'm going to write books and not be a mother. Mm-hmm. And my life would be devoted to books rather than raising a kid. Um, but but like, what what's the hard thing in my life? Is it is it like um, submitting to nature or is it defying nature? Mm-hmm. I guess everyone's definition of hard thing is very different. I mean, I found it both, like from my experience, I think I found that mm. motherhood extremely difficult. But even mm. if I'm saying it now, you know, I, I don't want my kids to hear <laughs> this. Um, mm. I, I told my husband a while ago that, you know, if I reach my mid-30s and I know I don't have kids, I don't think I would ever want to have kids anymore, like after my 35. Mm. Um, mm. Just because that I probably have more choices in the sense that I can get to have dogs and perhaps I'm more financially stable once you're stable, I think it's really hard that it's really hard to jump out of the comfort zone. Like mm. compared to my a lot of my friends that even though that I'm the first one to have kids, but they all know that I'm the one that hates children the most when we were growing up. Like through high school mm. we see, you know, little toddlers running around, like I'm the one mm. that just don't wanna approach them. So right. I'm the opposite. So like I yeah. love children but I don't necessarily want my own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think um, what what draws me towards fear is that um, I, I'm scared that I'll get bored with my life uh-huh. and that I'll need something to look forward to. So I'm like, okay, let's have babies. But I think that's <laughs> what a lot of people end up doing. Like they're like, okay, what We're next? We're going to change something you know? in our life. What next? Yeah, and you're yeah, in a stable like... life and it seems, seems like society tells you that that's what everyone's doing and then you just jump in and do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I'm in my, like, I'm turning 34 in a few months time. Mm -hmm. I'm about to be like, if I got pregnant, I'd be a very close to a geriatric pregnancy, (laughs) which just makes me feel so old. But yeah. What is the hard thing to defy motherhood or to accept motherhood? Yeah. Let our listeners make that decision in themselves. Yeah. 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 Think about it. And speaking of motherhood, I, Helen Mm -hmm. told us a few episodes ago that she went to see Cruella. I went to see it with my partner over the weekend and uh, can I just say it's a very anti-feminist film. Oh, really? Why is I that? Just was, well, because like basically they don't explore, like spoiler alert, uh, we're about to launch into discussions of Cruella if you haven't seen it and you don't want to know, to, um, just tune our way for five minutes. 
I was frustrated in that um, we get the backstory of Cruella Deville, mm-hmm. which is played by Emma Stone, and and we just learned that um, her mother ends up being Emma Thompson, who's like the nemesis, the 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 sort of baddie in the movie, mm-hmm. and yet we never. What the film message is that there's um that emma thompson her character was very evil and narcissistic because she didn't want babies Mm -hmm. so she became pregnant with her husband to emma stone and because she loved herself so much she got rid of emma stone like she wanted emma stone out so she got her butler to try and get rid of the baby and like we never examine her narcissism like they just make her evil because she didn't want to have a baby yeah i know i i didn't really like that part as well because that was that was the biggest flaw flaw and also the most discriminatory message to send to women watching that um movie like you come out of that movie thinking um if you're a woman and you don't want to have kids you're a fucking monster Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't like that part as well just says a lot about the director and the screenplay, mm, uh, the screenwriter yeah, exactly. for this film, it's going to be mostly so weird. Um, yeah. I liked how they have the the creation of how Cruella came about, but I really disliked the part, like you said, that didn't really explore why that the mother becomes like that at the very first yeah. place. That like, you just never know. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's the most, like, a, a feminist film is not a film that has a lot of women. A feminist film is a is a film that doesn't hate women. And I feel like that character of Emma Thompson was very like you were meant to hate her because she didn't want to be a mother. Oh, to and me. And the whole film okay. and the whole film it just had two the two Emmas like battling it out mm-hmm. and like one being like they just hated each other. Yeah, it's almost like two like... women fighting is not a feminist film. To me it's almost like um the movie, what's it called? Uh, Devil Wears Prada. Like when yes, I, with the, yes. the feeling that I had when I first watched yeah. that film. But at the same time, I feel that I don't necessarily hate the character, the oh. Emma Thompson, because I understand the the feeling of being a woman, that the resistance of not having a child, that kind of feeling. Mm. Not because I'm not saying that I hate my kids or things like that shit. I'm just yeah. saying that I understand the fact that in the past there are a lot of women that have been painted as child haters and they shouldn't yeah. do that, whereas men have been compromised more. You see a lot of dads abandon their child, but they don't get as much judgment if you see a mother abandon their kids. You know, the societies do have a lot of certain biases between mothers and fathers, of course, that we see every day. But absolutely. I absolutely feel for the mom or the woman who chooses not to have kids and then still give birth is just due to society pressure. Yeah. I, I feel pity for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't well, say feeling pity for them, but I feel like I, I can understand how they feel. Well, yeah, I, I don't hate um, Emma Thompson. I hate how she was pro- projected. Yeah. Yeah, portrayed. Yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, because I am so ambivalent about whether or not to be a mother. <laughs> like, I feel like in the next. Um, next year or so I'm just going to read every book on like women who have tried to deal with whether or not to be a mother mm-hmm. well, like, Sheila to- Hetty's motherhood love that book <laughs> <laughs> Helen hates it I but hate- I'm going to read it again <laughs> I don't know I read it when I first ha- when I had my second child so yeah, maybe yeah. I wasn't like in my homo mode I wasn't in the, the time or in the moment yeah. 
maybe if I read it again now, I'll probably feel the same as you. So here yeah. it, it leads to us to the article that Jess sent me earlier this week. Um, it's written by Brittany Wong, titled "More Women Are Saying No to Motherhood." Will society ever listen? So, do you want to give us a like a background of the article, the child-free、um, by choice movement? Yeah, it's basically、um, it's a very general article that interviews、uh, three or four women who have decided not to have kids and instead be the、uh, what do they call it? Aunt Shark, Auntie Shark, or something? Cool which is like cool Auntie Shark, yeah. Which is like a term for like. The aunties,、um, aka Jessie too, to Aya,、um, to to who are like providing、uh, another iteration of adulthood for women who that doesn't comprise of the role of motherhood, and the sort of different ways in which、um, they have, for whatever reason,、um, kind of stopped caring or found new ways of surrounding themselves with a community that doesn't ostracize them based on the fact that they don't have. Children,、mm-hmm. um, how did you feel about these women who were interviewed? I thought they were like interesting. I thought they were very、uh, diverse in their perspective.、Um, all of them, I think.、Uh, so I think one of them, who, who was a Vietnamese, a woman with a Vietnamese background, said that she preferred to take care of her parents. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. One of the Vietnamese. I think there was an earlier article saying. The one with、oh, okay. doing with Australian talks that she prefers、oh, right, to look、sorry. after her、My、parents.、Bad. Yeah, that's all right.、Um, rather than looking after the kids, but、mm. on this article that you share, written by Brittany Wong,、um, she interviewed. I assume she's Chinese American because with、okay. the surname Shu H S U, that's a Chinese、um, uh-huh. spelling for English surname. Um, Chinese surname. Sorry,、um, she said that because she's a psychologist herself that she's seen a lot of. Relationship breakdowns between parenting, <laughs> and then she feel、oh, like、okay. she's been、um, counseling kids herself as well. That she doesn't want to、yeah. take extra burden onto her personal life. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that's something that I don't understand with women that who works in the childcare industry. I feel like it's so much admiration for them because、um, when you have a child at home and you still go and your your work is、uh, involved,、yeah. surrounded with kids as well. Is that、like、you don't、yeah. have time off? It's almost like looking after your own kids and then looking after someone's kids almost twenty four seven. I feel like it's it's nice to talk about. There's so much.、Uh, there's so many articles coming out in recent times that we see women that they choose not to have kids. That's fine. But I think, and also in the past, we've seen women talking about, oh, it's so great. Of having kids, you can enjoy, you know, different. It's a life experience for you biologically, of course. That we all know that.、Um, it's also that you get to know someone.、Mm. I don't know if you have finished reading Breast and Eggs, but there's a no, very essential element about the protagonist's desire of wanting a kid is to know someone that who is strange to her. Right. Yeah, but you have to read that book to understand what I'm talking about. Anyway, coming back to the articles of women who、uh, their own choices is child free. I think we need to look into another group of women.、Uh, for example, I'm not just talking particularly myself. I'm talking about、yeah. women who chooses to have kids,、mm. but then at the same time. Their life goal is not just focusing on their kids. I feel like some of the women in my life that I know that, even though that we have kids, that we still 
there's a lot of uh we've been rooted down for a lot of family reasons but we in later in our life that for me like I'm in my 40s now that I still know that the direction of my own pathway that I'm not gonna just focus solely on yeah. my kids yeah. I see a lot of parents especially mothers they particularly the Asian mothers that they just devoted their time yeah yeah on their kids totally like driving totally. them around even up to uni um, packing their lunch doing a lot of domestic chores for them whereas i don't want to do any of those yeah after they turn 10 <laughs> i think um what i'm about to say is quite um personal and it might make me sound like an asshole but um i'm gonna say it um i think the reason why i'm so reluctant to be a mother is because i see myself as like doing something more than just being a mother mm-hmm. and like um I see myself as someone special and like I feel like if I become a mother I'll just be like everyone else and mm-hmm. I don't want to be like everyone else and that makes me sound like such an asshole and so I guess I am an asshole um <laughs> but you know it's like um to 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 want to like I said like if I become a mom it'll be such a submission into like the default mm-hmm. you know what I mean the default and like I I am so reluctant to be part of the 99% of women who do that. Mm-hmm. But how would you know? Like you might have someone who is just as special as you, like your child. I'm not saying, I mean, this is not something that I'm trying to <laughs> give you a reason to have kids, but it's something that's un- really unexpected. Like I never expect my kids to become what they are today. Yeah, you your know, kids when... are great. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, they're also so the fucking day. annoying at times as well and you know yeah. from my constant rant about my kids yeah 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 but i've seen your son who's 16 this year grow from like a blob blob <laughs> of like flesh in uh, westmead hospital um with like his ribs popping out i still remember that like it was yesterday like i saw luke for the first time when helen had him it was like in july of 2005 it was the year i had my hsc and like i looked at him on the bed and the nurse was changing him and he was crying and it looked like his ribs were about to explode out of his little body and to now today when he's like about to take his driver's lesson driver's test and he's taller than me he's taller than a lot of people i know like it's extraordinary and I, I feel like it's so such a privilege to for me to watch this little being grow from like a cute the cutest little baby into um sadly he's now an, a teenager with like <laughs> less to say he's Isolated like now teenager. become yeah now he's like a heteronormative teenager who's like he's so well dressed all the time but he's like so wanting to like I see parts of myself in him in that mm-hmm. like I know yeah. that as a teenager what meant what was important to me were like looking good and like friendships you know having friends that you know and like girls you know well for me it was boys but yeah you know (laughs) like he has definitely he's lost that kind of craziness that your daughter still has you know Aya um Mm. because when we grow up we all lose that bit of youthful craziness you know unfortunately that voracity that sort of I don't care what the world thinks of me I'm just going to be crazy and loud yeah but it's good to see children going to the path that is totally out of our expectation, but in a good way as well. I want to do a shout out to, I don't know, is that okay if we do a shout out to our listener, Harriet? That saw yeah, her she's speaking. a legend. Yeah, she's the same age as Luke and she was speaking at the Greens Youth, um, one of the mm. events. Yeah, I didn't mm. watch the full clip, but I was out of time doing all the other stuff. But I was so honoured to watch her talking in front of a bunch of adults. 
that yeah. speaking, you know, things that is definitely concerning for adults and for children as well. And, you know, she was、um, talking on the subjects about ending gender violence. And it's good to see young people coming out to speak、yeah. about it as well. Yeah, Harriet is like the smartest person I know. She's、oh, not she's the smartest、brilliant. teenager. She's just the smartest person I know. And it's because of her mum, who's also like just as smart as her. Yeah, which means that you、Cass. need to, you need to, you know, praise on the、Shout、mothers as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anything else? I think I had. No, I think today's discussion was very, very interesting. I covered all the topics that I wanted to give a shout out to.、Um, mm-hmm. Starting to read、uh, Kate Holden's book, The Night, The Winter Road,、mm-hmm. which I'll talk about next week on our pod. But、uh, yeah, I'd just like to say, Melbournians, stay sane. Oh, God.、Um, yeah. Do what you need to do to like, take care of yourselves, you know?、Yeah. Really just put your mental health at your, as your first priority, guys. Honestly. Yeah, and safety, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah follow all the yeah, guidelines. Yeah. yeah look、safe. out for others, but also look out for each other. Look out for、yeah. yourself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. If you have enjoyed our show, please give us a five star rating and share with your friends. Asian Bitches Down Under welcomes our listeners to support our show through ACAST support assistance. Your donation will help us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So we'll chat to you next time. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. We'll chat to you next week. Bye. Bye.